good afternoon and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Mark Olmstead. And I'm Laurieann Rising. And today we get to talk about going places and having fun. As we approach spring break and look forward to summer, where to go and what to do becomes a common conversation. Mm-hmm. But how do we actually make those decisions? Or do we? For example, if we're seeking an adventure, that will create a very different experience than if we're wanting to relax. Today's guests can help us make those decisions more consciously, so the end result is far more fun. First, we're welcoming back Holly Duckworth. She's a trailblazing keynote speaker and mindfulness leadership advisor who has contributed to the New York Times, been a columnist to countless industry publications, and is a producer and host of the Everyday Mindfulness Show. As a leader and an author, she's received several awards, including the Biz Bash Most Influential in 2019 and 2020, and two international awards for her book, Control-Alt-Believe, Reboot Your Association for Success. We also have with us Keith Renanson. He's a speaker and author who uses his 40 plus year career as a certified financial planner and insurance agent to teach people how to tap into key values to help make sound decisions. As a young adult, he spent two years in the army, including a tour in the Vietnam War where he learned how precious time really is. Mm Since then, he's lived an interesting life, enjoying racing cars and bicycles, skiing, worldwide travel, and climbing many of Colorado's famous 14ers. He's written several books, including the award-winning Tenacity. You don't have to get lost in Nepal to find yourself, but it helps, (laughs) based on when he got lost in the Himalayas. Oh, man. Welcome, both of you. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Oh my goodness. So, so, well, I'm, you know, and we just were hearing before the show that Keith, you just went skiing yesterday. I am so jealous. Um, But, uh, but it sounds like uh, you've had an amazing experience. So I'm really looking forward to kind of combining your two different approaches here to uh, applying to our own vacation. So um, how just to come from a mindset, can you briefly share what your life philosophy is, Keith? Actually, if you don't mind, I would read it. Oh, there you go. I wrote my own life philosophy while I was lost in the ball. And so I'll read it to you. I intend to live my life with creativity, courage, and faith. I will be benevolent with others and accepting of their beliefs while seeking a life filled with happiness, laughter, moral strength, wonderful health, accumulation of wealth, and wisdom while being surrounded with love. I want that poster. Nice. That's that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. And Holly, where are you coming from? Well, you know, I, I, I love that. I, I'm not I'm not going to going to read it. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big believer in affirmations. So I do I do have it kind of written in my office and sort of written on my heart, just as I know Keith does. And, you know, it's you know, I, I live a life of health, wealth and happiness. You know, I am supported and supporting, you know, my friends and family. 
around me. And I think, you know, this, this time of pandemic, I tend to call it a time of possibility. It, it's been an invitation for all of us, you know, to, to first travel within. Who are we? Why are we here? What is it that we want to do? And now that, you know, hopefully our lives are reemerging and, and things are, are opening again, this opportunity to have that conversation with you and with Keith around, you know, how do we now take these principles of, you know, creativity and health and abundance and, and move them forward um, in our everyday life and then in these new experiences because there's this pent up demand for travel. And I love reading Keith's book and experiencing it because uh, his trip philosophy helps us to live our values out into this new normal. Man, I love that. I, I am such a stickler for what are the values underneath things. And I think they completely drive not just us as human beings, but even our interactions with others, the choices we make, all of those different kinds of things. So thank you both for being so clear about what yours are. And I'm curious, you know, Holly, you mentioned Keith's trip philosophy. Keith, can you share what that is exactly? Yeah, when I was in Nepal in 1995, I was 48 years old and I had hit my midlife crisis and my mid-career crisis all at the same time. And I decided to get out of Dodge. And so I went back to Nepal for my second trip and I decided to go by myself, which was my first decision mistake. And during the four days that I was lost, I learned a lot about myself and the things that I was going to have to work out to get back to civilization. And I started seeing in my journal each day words that started to crop up that were being repeated. And it's, it's, it was the acronym of TRIP, tenacity, resilience, imagination, and purpose. And all four of those human characteristics, if you will, started to play heavily in how I planned to try and get back out. It sounds wow. like your life literally depended on the mindset you chose. Yeah, I'm a pretty positive guy. Uh, I have always had a positive out, outlook on life. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I enjoy my life. And so when this happened to me, all I could do was laugh because it was like I'd wake up in the morning after only two or three hours of sleep because I was sleeping in the wilderness and not really sure what I was hearing in the woods. And so it was like, okay, what can I do today? And how can I approach it? Well, I would just start being you know, I'd find the happiness in my day. I'd start looking for the little things, the little things that I could latch onto that would keep me happy and still looking for how to get where I needed to go. I'm sorry, but I have to throw this in. It's just a whole new version of tripping out, really, isn't it? I'm, I'm, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a 60s kid, so I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't read it. I couldn't read this. Yeah, just, leave it, it to it was, Mark. It was it's there. all good. It was there. You know, it's interesting because we've been watching the show called Alone on the History Channel oh, um, quite a bit lately, sort of binge watching it on Netflix. And it's all about... You know, and it, they send individuals out to figure out how to live alone and survive completely by themselves in the wilderness for however long. Last person standing gets the prize kind of thing. And they drop them off with a backpack and that's it. It's some to, of the... So, and it is. It's, it's interesting watching the psychological yeah. journey oh. because that mindset makes or breaks each one. And you get to see it right like from day yeah. one. They get out there and they're starting to complain about how wet it is or how <laughs> this and that or that and this. And those guys are the first ones gone 
because yep. they have they they are creating their reality you know about how dangerous it is either they'll injure themselves or it's it's fascinating and yeah it's yeah. the history channel it's the, well it's um, not it's, it's a part it's, of the history channel we're yeah, watching the history it channel Roku created thing. it but it's we're watching oh, we're binge watching it on that i can but. cannot recommend that show enough yeah. it's it's some of the best television i've seen so so how can we apply this idea of creating a life philosophy just to i mean to something like a vacation you know a lot of people are coming up on spring break they're coming you know they're starting to think about summer hoping things will open this year but this is kind of something to really develop for any decision we could make so how how do we apply that to our individual lives well, you know, I, I love this because there is such a pent-up demand right now. And there's also so many new factors that go into planning a trip, the safety, the health, the, the how far can I go, how far can I go with kids, you know, the different ages and abilities now, who are we mixing in on these trips that I, I really think taking some time to to really get clear about what do you what do you want to experience? We're now in an experience economy versus just a doing economy. And our financial resources may be a little bit different as well as we mindfully select the destinations that we want to go to. So I think for, you know, for us, we were, you know, we're looking into, you know, is this a hotel experience? Is this a camping experience? Is it a driving experience or an airplane experience? And that takes activating these, these principles of our own values, of, you know, green energy and food choices and, and, and health and all of that. And I, I love that the tenacity, resilience, imagination and purpose, because you don't have, you can do them in order, but you don't always have to do them in order. And that, that sense of imagination, I've had the privilege of hearing so many of, of Keith's adventures, you know, from Antarctica to, you know, down the street and all points in between and getting clear about your, your imagination and your vision. What, what is a great, uh, trip look like? What's it feel like? What's it sound like? And, and the more you or your family, whoever's going on this trip can lean into that sense of imagination, then the purpose, the resilience and the tenacity will show up. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and share our, our next trip where we're imagining right now is uh, a trip to Sedona. Um, it meets our, our criteria in terms of a, it's, a, it's a driving trip. It's going to allow us to connect to some mindful experiences, both on the fun wine side and the spiritual side, there's a, a stupta there. But um, I think because resources are different now, we're not just going to go. And that's what we wanted to have this conversation around is how can we use our life philosophy, Keith's tools and the trip philosophy to really curate experiences that change our hearts and our minds. So Keith, what about you? Where are you going next? <laughs> Kenya, but in a, in a ways, <laughs> in a while. I love what you just said. Uh, about planning and whatnot. And I'd like to share a story with you that I, I actually gleaned from my yesterday. I'm a volunteer at Winter Park in Colorado. And part of our job as a volunteer host is to lead tours on the mountain. So we take people and we show them the mountain and take them around. And I had a man and his uh, son and daughter who were from Philadelphia. And they had flown in, they had planned their trip over a year ago, this was meant to be a dad with the kids kind of thing because he's divorced from his wife. And they were this cohesive three people. And it was so fun to watch how much they really loved their father and how they loved what he was planning and pulling together for them. And here we're in, 
you know, almost zero temperatures, which most people wouldn't get out in. And they're hooting and hollering, coming down the slopes, and they're having a blast. And the dad is being very encouraging with the daughter because she's just learning to ski. So the the part of all of this that comes back to the planning is kind of the tenacity part to me. You've got to be tenacious in your research, looking to see what kind of travel you're going to do and then what the restrictions are surrounding it. You know, Holly brought up all the different kinds of ways that we could travel these days, but what's at the end of that travel? Is it surf in California? Is it snow and skiing and tubing in Colorado? Or bobsledding? Or what are you going to be looking for? What does the family want? So you do a lot of research together. And there was more family time that came out of that planning. But you've got to try and satisfy everybody's needs. His daughter really wanted to go tubing. And the son was an expert skier. So they were planning their days around several things that they could do. And then Holly brought up imagination, which is, I, I think, probably one of the biggest part and the most fun part of all of this is trying to really look at what kind of activities you can do along the way. If it's going to be in the car and you've got kids, what kind of games can you play? What kind of things can you do to keep everybody entertained along the way? But always looking for the adventure and the unusual. I mean, if you're going to go across Nebraska, what are you going to be able to look at and enjoy yourself and, and have fun with? Dream big, dream small, have adventure built into it no matter what. But then maybe there can be an educational component. Maybe we could have a little science, a little environmental, a little patriotism. Uh, you know, is there sports involved with the kids? Do they have certain sports that they want to try and involve in their trip? So the imagination can really get to be a lot of fun. I uh, had to use a lot of imagination a couple of years ago because a buddy of mine and I went to the for first Formula One race that takes place every year is in Melbourne, Australia. And we planned a whole trip for a month out of seeing everything we could possibly pack into a month in Australia. And it turned out to be just a really wonderful trip because we took almost four months to plan it. Nice. Wow. Oh, man. Now, having said all of that, Keith, I got to tell you, one of the best trips that I have had in my life, it still, it turned into two years. I didn't even know how long I was going to be gone. The only thing that I did that I did know is that I was going to, uh, that I had an address in Melbourne and I had an address in uh, uh, Hamilton, New Zealand. And, and I got on a freight ship with a backpack and a guitar and I had no idea I knew that I wanted to learn to play. I knew that I had made a little bit of money playing on the streets in Germany one time and when I was in the Air Force over there, but I really wanted to see Australia. And so it's like, but I wound up even, I mean, to the point, there was so nothing planned that I, I mean, I got to the boat down there and realized that, oh, instead of uh, being able to to fly out of, uh, or to go directly to Australia, I got, I was going to get kicked off in New Zealand because the, the boat could only take you from one point to the next and, and, and you get kicked off. <laughs> so it was so exactly the opposite. I would almost say of, of everything you just described. <laughs> Although I would say knowing, knowing so, you. It was, it yeah. was one of the, it wound up being yeah. this, this well, you incredible. you plan your spontaneity. You're like, okay, I'm just get like that's kind of just who you are. You're, yeah. you're like, 
you sort of plan to be spontaneous. Like, well, I'm just going to go and figure it out. Well, I guess my, my biggest uh, part of that was the resiliency thing, because mm-hmm. I, I, it really had to be, you know, tenacious and resilient. I love, I, I'm going to have to write that trip song, I think, that tenacious, <laughs> resilient, imagination and purpose, purpose, purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. You know, see, and I'm at the opposite. It was all there. It was really, it was all there. Exactly yeah. what you said that the, the definition of trip was definitely all in my method of doing it as well. But I guess, I guess I can really see and appreciate from what you just said, the, the modeling of having all of those intentions incorporated into a family experience of a vacation because you're demonstrating that. They had resilience in how they were attacking everything that they did. And the resilience part of this can come in really odd places because it can actually come in the planning. You've got to be resilient in your planning because suddenly something gets canceled. Something gets shut down because of COVID. And you're starting to look at what kinds of things can we do to be resilient. And when things go wrong, I I was trying to get out of Jordan to uh, uh, to get to Cairo. And I had a satellite phone in my luggage because I was taking care of my father in those days. And I was trying to be in touch with him while I was over there every day to make sure he was okay. Well, they didn't like a satellite phone. They thought I was. (laughs) Oh, dear. And so they took they took me into detention and asked me tons of questions. And then they finally put a guy on the plane with me. He carried the satellite phone. I sat in the back and we flew to Cairo together they didn't realize a satellite phone doesn't work inside a plane. But anyway, (laughs) you have to be resilient in those times to be able to overcome the problems you're suddenly faced with. And I think right now having all kinds of things with closures are probably the thing we're dealing with the most And in your plan. Got to be ready for those kinds of things and be ready to bounce back and have plan B and have it in your pocket ready to go. Absolutely. Oh, man. Well, developing the values of resiliency and all of those things along the way would become a part of of mm -hmm. what would actually make the trip enjoyable and successful. See, and I'm and I'm realizing, too, like how much of individual personality comes in, because we can have the same tenacious, resilient imagination and purpose intention. But like for me, I'm far more of a planner. Like if Mark is totally spontaneous, I'm at the opposite end of the spectrum and we're constantly having conversations around how do we manage those personality types so that we're both enjoying the experience and playing to our strengths and and coming together. So I'm curious how each of you might recommend that because of course the more family members you have to bring along on this trip, that that gets more and more complicated. Well, I I don't know if I'm the one to ask that because I am that intersection of of data and intuition, I, I, I'm not going to joke. I'm not lying here when I tell you we actually created an Excel spreadsheet of every single day and, and all the adventures. And then we look at, we actually do put an intention for each day. So, you know, Thursday, perhaps we're going windsurfing somewhere. And, you know, what, what do we want to create that day? And the, the word might be love or the word might be joy or happiness. And, and as, as, a, as a traveling group together, we, we kind of work together to find those words because when you think about, you bring about. So even before you take off on your trip, you can start creating that 
that energy of curiosity, discovery, love, and, and excitement, so that when the bubbles happen, or the, the oops is happening, wait a second, what was today really about? It may not have been about the surfing trip, but it was about creating a feeling of love, of joy, of happiness. So we, we kind of intersect there in terms of, of managing a structure and also managing the flow, but always keeping in mind that that idea of of what's really going on here and, and how can we connect that to a greater fun family experience, no matter what that looks like or where you're going. Wow. So it, it, be careful what you ask for. In other words, if you're looking for uh, for a, an experience of learning tenacity, you might have Boy. to like throw a few obstacles out there to have to <laughs> climb over in order to, to actually get to your intended joy or, or experience of the day. That's, that's uh, probably always going to be the case. I'm sure. Yeah, I would throw in there that purpose enters into this part of the scheme a lot. Because what is the purpose of each personality? What do, what do each of those personalities bring to the table that are positive? And how can you maximize them? How can you bring them out and you know, into the open and have everybody really enjoy what everybody brings positive? By the same token, what are the negatives? What do we need? What are the pitfalls that we need to try and avoid and be on the lookout for? And I think that when you're planning a trip like this, that has to be in the equation. If you've got somebody with uh, medical needs or dietary needs or psychological needs, you have all kinds of things that you have to deal with. And I think that families are always pretty aware of those kinds of things. But there's always the middle child that doesn't get the attention that the first and third child gets. And they always feel a little left out. Or there's the child that kind of takes on more responsibility. Uh, you know, th those kinds of things need to be worked into the equation, as Holly was saying. And I think that you have to look at what's the purpose of the trip. It's for happiness. It's for adventure. It's for fun. Nice. Can I, I, I got a question with all your travels and obviously you have written a book, Keith, uh, about, about your traveling experience. How important would you say documenting the experiences of those days has been? Without a doubt, it was, it was a huge part of everything that's ended up where I'm at today because I spent 40 years as a financial planner, then suddenly decided to become a speaker. Well, that's how it appears to the people on the street. But while I was in Nepal and while I was lost, I journaled every day. I recorded everything I was experiencing all along the way, not knowing that I was going to write a book at the end of it. Uh -huh. But I was in those, in those notes I was writing that I wanted to get out of the financial planning industry. I wanted to be a public speaker. I wanted to be an author. All of those things have come true. If you don't write it down, if you don't commit yourself to it, if you don't have purpose behind it, the dreams don't come true. Holly can definitely attest to that. She's had very similar experiences to that, like I have. Well, I also like to, to add that there's the traditional writing journaling thing, but there, there's also documenting with, with artifacts or items or photos of, of the experience. So, you know, each participant, however you choose to, to create your, your mindful travel experience this year, thinking about how you want to do that. I mean, I definitely have you know, special artifacts in my world that I've, that I've picked up that, that tell stories and transport me back to my screensaver is a is a sunset sunrise picture when I was on the on the island of Bali, 
And I, I mean, when I open my computer every morning, I, I can feel myself waking up on, on that particular beach. Keith, do you have an artifact or an item that you could describe that might help you document yeah. some, something? When Holly and I first started talking about this, I thought it was a video cast, uh, podcast. And so I brought, I brought show and tell. <laughs> <laughs> Your tiki. I love it. That's so, awesome. So I will have to describe what I'm showing you, but I have some masks from uh, Northern India. Um, that are really special that were, um, I spotted them in, in markets and, and they were, you know, it's made out of brass, but I'll it's be beautiful. Darn. It's got all kinds of stones in it. And this is uh, Shiva, the, the uh, Hindu god of Shiva. And then I have one from beautiful, Australia, which is a map from Aborigines. Oh my goodness. Which, uh, hey, uh, has, you know, all the, has all the dots that uh, lay out the face and there's a, there's different animals in it. That is so beautiful. For now, we need to take a short break. Uh, excuse us, excuse me, both, uh, both of you. This is wonderful. <laughs> so we need to take a short break. But before we do, we invite you to think of three people that you know and care about who might appreciate this show and share it with them. It only takes a moment and you'll be making their day by sharing a positive, inspiring and valuable, amazing experience that we're having here. We're going to like you know, team up on uh, on synergizing the, the travel experience. So share that with someone that's important to you to make our world a brighter place. After the break, we're sharing a fun original you'll want to have with you on your next adventure called Be For Life by our very own Mark Olmstead. So stay tuned right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at TrueSunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Laurieann Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life. Live your purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit laurianrising.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. us more what we're focused upon so let it be something we often use for helping somebody along now let me be for life before love before giving myself away let me be for life before love 
forgiving someone today Power is there in the smallest prayer Fulfilling all our highest hopes It's proven in the miracles everywhere And now even under microscopes And let me be for life, be for love Before giving myself away Let me be for life, be for love Before giving someone today It's always yours, it's always mine It isn't hard to understand The key to any door that we're ever wanting open Is right in the palm of our hands Like me before life, before love Before giving myself away Let me before life, before love Before giving someone today But the truth remains That it's here within us all to find And walking that way Is a choice each day Like derailing a one-track mind So help me before life Before love Before giving myself away Let me before life Before love Before giving myself Today to Rise and Shine, and that was one of Mark's originals called Be For Life. You can add it to your playlist by visiting his website at truesunbeam.com. We're here with Holly Duckworth and Keith Rennison, exploring how to bring mindfulness and values-based planning together for your next family trip. And we were just talking about the importance of documentation, and I, I just was, it was so amazing to me to find my journals when I got back from that two years, it turned out to be when I'm playing on the streets in Australia, New Zealand, and reading the things that I had done. And it was like, you know, it was, it was several years later after I finally got a chance to go back through those. 
And it was like somebody else. I was like reading just this fascinating, amazing story that, and so many things that I would have completely forgotten about had I not written it down. And that's why I'm really, really focused on encouraging kids at an early age to be developing this, this uh, positive journaling and, and just keeping a record of their lives. But obviously, Keith, you're, uh, it sounds like your career or a big part of your life today is based around that, that having that done that, you know, and taken, taking the time to write things down. So uh, you've got uh, some obstacle overcoming stories or something like that you can share with us. Towards the end of my being lost in Nepal, I was really exhausted and I had started to run out of food because I only had one case of cliff bars with me and I had one cliff bar left and I'm wow. sitting on the top of a ridge at about four o'clock in the afternoon in November. And I could look down the valley to my right and I could see the haze of the mountains, uh, you know, going off in the distance. I could look down into the valley to my left and I couldn't see anything, but, you know, no buildings, no smoke, no nothing, no, nothing I could try and hang my hat on. And I laid back against the tree that I was leaning up against and with my pack. And I said, God, if you want to get me out of this, you're going to have to show me the way because I'm not doing very good. And I fell asleep sort of, and I kind of woke up to the sound of footsteps and I rolled my head and I kind of looked to the right and here was three of the roughest looking men coming up the path carrying some utensils. And I, I rolled my head back and I thought, well, I'll just close my eyes. Maybe, maybe they'll go on by. Cause I had been seeing people, but nobody spoke English and they couldn't be of any help to me. And they stopped and they whispered amongst themselves. And one came over closer. I could hear his footsteps and he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, are you okay? And I said, you speak English. And he said, yes. And so we started talking and they were school inspectors. When the family dies in Nepal uh, and there's a, there's a house that's left behind, the state takes over the house and if there's not a school in the area, they turn it into a regional school. And these guys were going from one regional school to another doing repair work on them. And I told him my situation that I was lost and I was trying to get to a town called Taplajun. And they said, oh, we're gonna go very close to Taplajun. Why don't you come spend the night at my cousin's house and then we'll, we'll get you to Taplajun tomorrow. Well, we get to their house and I take my boots off because I had 21 blisters on my feet, uh, 10 on one foot and 11 on the other from being in warmer uh, climate than I was planning on being in, which is a whole nother story. And so I sat down to repair my blisters. Well, they came back and said, we're gonna move to another house. It's about uh, you know 200 yards down the path. And so I put my pack back on, but I didn't put my boots on. I put my flip-flops on because I didn't, my blisters were so tired and sore and I'm walking along and I, it's dark now and I've got my headlamp on, on my head. And I watched the guys ahead of me all kind of go up this rock wall. They, everything's terraced over there. And so they terraced where they put the houses and on the rock walls, they stick out stones that you can use as stair steps and you just walk up the stair steps on the outside of the wall. Well, all of them went up the wall ahead of me and I thought, okay, I got to get a little speed up because I've got a heavy pack on. And so I put my right foot on the first step and as I brought my left foot up on to get to the second step, I took all the skin and all the hide off my big toe on my left foot. And there was just this searing pain. I was just, oh my God, what have I done to myself? And so I got up where I could walk towards the, the house that was up there and I could see a lantern on the outside sitting on a bench. 
And so I made a beeline for that bench and I took my pack off. I sat down, I hoisted my foot up onto my knee and it's just spurting blood. And I'm going, oh my God, what am I going to do? Panic just kind of flooded through me just instantly. Mm-hmm. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There's no, there isn't uh, an emergency room I can just instantly drive to. So I clamped down on my big toe and I won't go through into all the details, but over the course of the next 45 minutes, I put four stitches into my own toe. And giving yourself stitches is not fun in any kind of regard, especially without any medication or anything. And so overcoming obstacles and recording them, when I went back and read this in my journal when I got home, it was like it brought all of that memory flooded through me as to what I was suffering with. And I had to walk on that toe for the rest of my trip. And it got infected, of course. Oh, you have to document oh. this stuff. You have to write it. You, don't re- you won't remember it if you don't. It's, that is what is so incredible uh, about it, isn't it? You just, it, it is somehow gone. Even, it, even if you do write it down, you don't remember it until you read it again. It's just, I'm sorry, go ahead, Akali. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to add, it, it's, it's the good, the bad, and the interesting, you know, like as, as you're, as you're journaling, you know, Keith just, you know, you, you make us, you transport us to this, to this place, uh, which is, is, a, is an overcoming obstacle story. But I love how you talk and bring us fully present into that story because you had to be fully present in that moment. So no matter what trip or adventure you create for your family this summer, get fully present in those experiences um, so, so that you can, can feel them and retell them and learn the lessons and live them again and live, live the memories. Um, that, that's, that's so powerful to Being present and in the moment is a big part of all of this without a doubt. And it's a big part of the trip system. It it's, it's so, works so well with your mindfulness. Uh, it, they sew themselves just together with, and I'm talking about sewing up my toes. Sorry, that was a bad thing. Oh, <laughs> one other quick story. Well, you know, and, and I just, before we, one of the things that looking back that I wish I had, had developed as a habit at an earlier age, uh, because I, I kind of, this, this documenting of this one two-year trip to New Zealand, it turns out, was one of the the best examples of when I actually applied that, but it wasn't a habit before then, and and I let it, I let, I let the habit go afterwards because I kind of felt, oh well now I'm just back home and I don't I don't have to continue this you know whatever, and I've been so unfortunately disappointed in that that I have not continued and so so what I've I've made as a uh, an absolute mission in my life is to to encourage kids to develop this habit at an early age, and that's that's where that that segment in the back of the shining moment or the the shining moments pages in the True Sunbeam book, my my kids' book. We were talking a little bit about uh, uh, Keith's uh, your your kids' book uh, during the break there, and. And we are going to do another show with, with <laughs> Keith and Holly uh, that, that deals with the, the significance of the message of your children's book. And, and I just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. And when it's available, yes, it's yes, coming yes. out. Um, but the importance of, of uh, I just want to underline this for a second, the importance of learning this habit of journaling and, and documenting our experiences at an early age 
uh, I don't think can be overstated. So thank you for the no, example. And I, I would agree with you. Uh, and uh, just a short side on that. My mother did something very similar, but in her day, they called them diaries. Mm -hmm. She, I have a box in the basement of 44 years of diaries that she wrote. And she died a number of years ago. I have not had the courage to read them yet. She, uh, she was an ill woman through most of her life. And so I'm sure it's going to be fairly sad. Um, although I may be surprised, she may I may find that she had some things about me that she found delight in. <laughs> although I was a pretty rambunctious kid, so I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, she did this for 44 years. I've got 44 different diaries that she wrote. So you're so you're onto something there, I think, Mark. Without a doubt. Yeah. See, okay. I'm I'm somebody who journals very regularly, just every day. And sometimes I look back at them, and it's actually really interesting because one of the things that I pick up on, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, when you were up in the Himalayas and stuff, is the patterns of my life or my my being and how I express. And it's an opportunity to learn about myself. And in that, start making different decisions. I mean, one of the things that I realized years ago, I'd been sitting down and going through my journals, and it fascinated me that every single year during the summer at some point, the idea of writing a book would come up. And every time it was like a whole new idea, like I'd never thought of it before, there would be a few entries of being really excited about it, and then it would disappear until the next year at about the same time. And I noticed that that came up about six or seven years in a row. And I went, you know, maybe I should follow through on this one. <laughs> and doing so shifted everything in my life. But I would not have known to do that without seeing that pattern in my journals and, and being able to have those records. And so they can be incredibly valuable in so many different ways for sure. Mm -hmm. I've often felt that we're connected to God more when we're writing than any other time. I mean, it's sort of a level of prayer. When I sit down to journal and write, I feel more connected than I do almost any other time. It is a meditation of sorts. What's in here and what's in here comes out here. Or typing. Yep. I, I wasn't planning on I'm teasing up my book, but I, but I can't not. Um, I have a book. It's called Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. And it's a 365-day little little journal book that is an inspirational quote and a story. So if, if your family or your, you know, yourself starting to look for ways to, to practice this practice or play with that practice, my book, and there's a little, you know, other books out there for that space and a trip is a great way to take a baby step, to change a habit, to create a habit, to, to play with something new that, you know, maybe your trips only, you know, three or four days, but you know, you make a, make a commitment for three days. I'm going to, I'm going to write my one day journal. I'm going to write my one day letter to myself or my memories or whatever, or five days, seven days, whatever it is. But um, looking at travel differently now, as we're reimagining and rethinking everything is such a gift of this time of possibility. I call it again, not, not a pandemic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and a lot of people could do a lot of planning for a lot of different kinds of trips, even though you might not be able to travel internationally now. You could be planning it anyway. Um, I have trips that I want to take outside the country, one's to Turkey, one's to Kenya. And so I'm doing all my research now so that as soon as I uh, get to that place where I can pack up and go, I'm ready. I've got all my documentation and I know what I need to do. 
Um, that's kind of what happened a few years ago when I went to Belize. Uh, I, I wrote in, in my journal that I really wanted to go to Belize at some point in time. I'm not a scuba diver, so I really wasn't going for that. I really wanted to go for the Mayan ruins. And I researched and found a guide who would take you in a canoe up a river to where there was, it took two days to get there by canoe, uh, to where there was a dig, an archeological dig taking place. So two days up the river, then a half a day through the jungle and suddenly you burst out into this area where there's guys cutting down all of this foliage to expose a Mayan temple. And it was, it had not been disclosed to the world yet. They, they weren't ready. And then it was coming back. Well, if I hadn't researched that in advance, I never would have had a chance to do it. So planning your research, no matter whether it's a local trip and it's a staycation or whether you're going to Glenwood Springs for the hot, hot tubs or, you know, you're going to the mountains to go skiing. Research is everything. Well, I think right now, too, at the beginning of, of this, this pandemic, um, we would travel from our couch, which, again, isn't ideal. But for some people, this might be a way, another way to continue to um, advance and apply the trip principle is you could still use these things and then go online and find a video. We, I mean, for the first two or three months of the pandemic, we, we traveled every Friday night. My, my parents would call me and go, where are you going tonight? Oh, we're, we're going to Paris. And we we'd plan a meal and believe it or not, there's amazing tours of the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower and these things now online that can also allow you to be educated, connected and inspired by by traveling and transforming yourself through the trip system and, and however that shows up for you and your family. That's an awesome, uh, even if you want to go uh, uh, try to survive off the land, watch alone. Um, <laughs> That's a different kind of trip. Oh man, you know, it'll, it'll take that desire right out of your, your plan. <laughs> In some, some you learn cases, a lot though and it's really easy to yeah. like gauge the decision making process while you're sitting on on your couch or comfortable uh -huh. at home with your nice oh, bowl of soup different. watching somebody else make mistakes it, it it's kind of comforting in a yeah. strange way and i have a lot of admiration for the people who can be out there and and do that yeah. but it's, yeah it's also a way that you could overcome a fear if you wanted to True. i've, I've claustrophobia. And so I've always had a fear of caving. And I have a few shows about people going down into Carlsbad and other ca caverns, the uh, Cave of the Winds here in Colorado. And I had the chance when I was in Egypt to go to, down into the Great Pyramid. But about halfway down, because of body heat of all the tourists go through, it's 102, 103 degrees. And there's, I couldn't get any air. And so I turned around and went back. I didn't finish the tour. So you run into obstacles where you need to, you, you have to take care of yourself. And this is where Holly's mindfulness comes in. You've got to be present in the moment and take care of yourself. Because self-love is, if you don't, you're letting yourself in for problems, just like my toe did. So you have to look at these things and understand where, where your limitations are, where your boundaries are. And that has to come into your planning as well. Nice. Yeah. And preparing with the tools and the mm -hmm. and the first aid kits and the, those kinds of things that, yeah. that may not be available. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the trip philosophy, the tenacity, the resilience, the imagination, and the purpose. 
they're really, really helpful words and intentions. I'm curious though, there might be people out there who kind of feel like maybe one or two of those words or something doesn't quite resonate with them. So is there a way that they might go through a process of finding their own or maybe creating something that really works for their own family if they created it as a family? How might they find their own words? Definitely. It's part of my keynote uh, speaking and part of my workshops. If, if my words don't mean anything to you, we got to find your own. And that still comes back to imagination and it still comes back to purpose. So some of the words can still kind of fit and can kind of be part of your planning of finding your own words. And journaling is the perfect way to find them because they will keep showing up. And when I have been at several speaking engagements, I would ask people afterwards for testimonials. That I could film and use on my website. And one guy, I didn't capture him. I wish I had him because he had a word that was perfect. And I don't remember what it was, but it, he had his own words. And he came up to me afterwards and he said, this is what I use. And it was perfect. It was for him. And actually, it would have been perfect for me, too, if I didn't already have my own acronym. But, yeah, I think that people have to find what resonates with them. That's where Holly comes in with the, being present in the moment having the mindfulness to be aware was like you journaling and suddenly you're starting to see a repeat. You know, you suddenly start to become aware of the things that are meaningful to you and that you hold dear and her being present in the moment. That's what pulls it all together for making these things happen. Well, and it's, it's fun to play with the acronym too. If, if trip doesn't work for you, find an acronym. Like I'm, I'm just sort of reflecting what you, on what you said there. You know, we're going to, to Sedona on our next trip, you know, S, E-D-O-N-A, and, and you'll find those words that fit. And, yeah. and again, like what you think about, you bring about. And so as we're re-emerging in our travel and our work and our life and our families are emerging in a different way, finding the way to continue a positive mindset. That's why I love being on the show, Rise and Shine. How do you make your light shine? How do you, you know, grow, grow the way you, you shine in the world and, and in the morning, in the night, in the evening, where you're at home, at work, all of the places that you go. That, that little acronym can be such a positive way to just play with a, with a word and a letter. And I have a book, it's called The Mindful Leader. I'm sorry, The A to Z Guide of Stress-Free Leadership. It's free, it's a download. I'll make sure that Lori has the link. And it's it's the, the letters, and each letter is a mandala. The kids can color in the letters and, and think about, you know, S is success, S is spirit, S is sauce. You know, you're having in the spaghetti sauce or whatever it is for you uh, that brings joy. And, and I think... I hope that that's some of the gifts of, of this pandemic is how we, we can be intentional about where we spend our time because it is so precious and, and create experiences that, that transform ourselves and our lives. And I'm so grateful to have friends like you in my life to, to explore these conversations with. Oh, thank you, Holly. That was so <laughs> Hey, everybody record. has a special sauce for life. And I mean, you know, I, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to work on my acronym for shine. There you, you know? go. I, I, you I've go. gotta do that now. Thank you, Keith. You gave me another new assignment here. That's that's absolutely that's perfect. You know, hey, we are getting close Spirit, to the hope, end of intention. There ooh, you go. Spirit, ooh. hope, intention, energy. And and we need new a new energy. There you Navigating go. energy. Oh. She is good at those things. You are know. good at those. Thank you. This <laughs> I is am. Kind of, it is. Great. It is kind of a, a weird, a weird gift. But I love it. 
<laughs> All right. So, so we really are getting close to the end of our time. And this is our show editor. I, yeah, sorry. I, I got to cut in. I got to make sure we okay, can get it all okay. in and, and we're not cut off by the commercials. So okay. uh, I do want to make sure, though, that our listeners know where to find each of you. So how best do they connect with you? You know, uh, hollyduckworth.com is, is a great place to start. And then my corporate brand is Leadership Solutions International. All the books, all the resources are there. And I, and I know the team at Rise and Shine will get those links on our show notes. Same thing. It's keithrenanson.com. Renanson has four ends in it. It's Renanson. You can find me on Facebook at the Tenacity Expert as well. Oh, wonderful. Tenacity Expert. The Tenacity Expert. All three, three words. The Tenacity Hashtag, yeah. Oh, yep. that's a good one. Oh, yes. Keith and Holly, thank you so yes, much thank for this. You, thank and for you, the, thank you. For the journaling focus and for the traveling experiences and, and the memories. values and the intention and the purpose. Oh, I, I could, I'm looking forward to our next get together. This yes. is the first. Thank so. you both for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. To our listeners, remember that Mark and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges old paradigms to open hearts and minds, please reach out. We wanna support you by helping you be seen and heard by a worldwide audience. Just visit us at riseandshineas1.com to apply to be a guest. And before you go, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your favorite platform. And remember, until next time, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise and shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love.